I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. Item number SCP-2329. Object class, safe. Special containment procedures. SCP-2329 is to be contained in provisional site 27-2329. When not in testing, all entrances to SCP-2329, including windows, must be securely blocked with solid metal plating. Several city blocks around SCP-2329 have been purchased by the Foundation and a security system consisting of multiple points of surveillance and neutralization of intruders should be maintained in this perimeter. Description SCP-2329 is a six-story, 60-room apartment building that was secured by the Foundation in 1908. See Addendum 2329B for more information on the circumstances surrounding initial containment. It has been kept up to code with all the necessary functionality required by local government since that point, but has not been altered in any other way. On both a structural and a visual level, SCP-2329 closely resembles the buildings surrounding it and individuals are able to enter and exit it on their own free will. Once inside SCP-2329, however, they lose all ability to consciously perceive other sentient life, effectively rendering every other individual invisible to them. Similarly, humans outside SCP-2329 will lose all ability to consciously perceive those inside SCP-2329, both by direct observation and indirect observation. Some perception still exists at a subconscious level, as individuals inside SCP-2329 will make an effort to avoid bumping into one another. This area of effect also extends to inanimate objects possessed by another individual. If an individual drops an object they were carrying, it will become perceivable by all other individuals, although it will not be perceived to have suddenly appeared, but rather that the observer simply had not paid attention to it before. It additionally extends to all sensory input, not just sight. Test subjects are unable to hear sounds caused by other subjects, cannot smell one another, and cannot feel one another, even if forced into such close proximity that physical contact would be unavoidable. Apart from this effect, individuals inside SCP-2329 appear to retain complete free will and consciousness to the point of being puzzled by the lack of other people. This is validated by letters recovered from tenants of SCP-2329 prior to Foundation intervention, many of which complain of the antisocial nature of their neighbors. The inability to observe all subjects within SCP-2329 has so far been an absolute rule. Observers are unable to see any subjects in videos or photos. Thermal imaging shows absolutely no increase in temperature with or without subjects, and motion sensors apparently never trigger. 
It is currently unknown whether this is due to the anomalous properties of SCP-2329 causing all instrumentation to fail, or if the instrumentation is working as expected, but observers ignore all output that would indicate the existence of sentient life. Addendum 2329A Partial Experiment Log Experiment 2329-7 Date Procedure. Pedometers were attached to two subjects who were then asked to position themselves precisely at either end of a 10-meter line drawn on the floor of SCP-2329 and walked toward the other end. Neither subject was informed of the other's presence. Result. Both subjects made it to the end, both recorded a distance traveled of 10.2 meters, and both asserted strongly that they had remained on the line the entire time. Experiment 2329-16 Date Procedure Subject was provided a television set and was told to tune in to the local news channel within SCP-2329. No information about SCP-2329's anomalous properties was provided. Result Subject reported seeing only a series of empty seats, hearing only the broadcast's instrumental soundtrack, and being greatly confused by this. Experiment 2329-22 Date Procedure Shortly after a safety retrofit, 30 subjects were instructed to enter SCP-2329's elevator and then attempt to go to another floor. Result the newly installed weight sensor triggered and prevented the elevator from moving. This was deemed sufficient evidence that the subjects continue existing in the same space-time as each other and simply ignore one another entirely, disproving an earlier contention by Dr. Warm that subjects were entering unique parallel dimensions when crossing into SCP-2329 and were thus literally not present in our universe. Addendum 2329B Postmortem Report on Arthur Morgan Zygman The corpse of Arthur Morgan Zygman, age 53, was discovered in the hallway outside his room in SCP-2329 on August 21, 1908. An interview with the landlord of the building who lives off-site and was entirely ignorant of the anomalous nature of SCP-2329 revealed that Zygmunt had filed numerous noise complaints about virtually every other tenant. The last such complaint had been filed approximately two years prior, and he had heard nothing from Zygmunt since. Based on written correspondence and interviews with tenants, the date of Zygmunt's final complaint appears to be roughly six months before the start of SCP-2329's anomalous behavior. The Foundation became alerted after tenants became frustrated at the police's inexplicable refusal to investigate. Interviews indicated that the tenants became aware of the body at nearly the precise estimated time of death. Postmortem investigation indicated that the first injury Zygmunt suffered was a broken hip, which could be correlated to an indentation in a nearby wall. It was concluded that Zygmunt was knocked over by one of the other tenants. The reason why he was unable to instinctively avoid this tenant is unknown. 
His other injuries indicate that he was struck about all points of his body, sustaining 22 broken bones along with dozens of contusions. The fact that these injuries occurred within rapid succession of each other around 7 p.m., approximately when the other tenants would be returning home from work, indicates he was likely stepped on repeatedly and with force by the heavy work boots worn by his neighbors. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like what you hear, head over to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Kelsey Narrates and help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. I'm not going to get rich doing this, but it does take money to keep a podcast running. All patrons get early access to every episode I publish. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible, so credit to the original author. Their links in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki, and we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people. Or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.